0: So good morning. As you can tell, things are a little different this morning. I hope this is uh, more personal this morning. You know, um, sometimes you just got to do things a little different. We had a wedding at the church uh, on Saturday yesterday. And so uh, I wasn't able to actually record in the sanctuary. But hey, that's okay. I hope that this morning is a blessing to us. As maybe um, it is a little different and we just really seek God's face together today. We really worship him today and um, we hear a message of hope. That's my prayer this morning is because we are in need of hope. And so I pray that that's exactly what you leave today um, doing is is a heart that worships the Lord that is filled with hope. That's my prayer as we um, uh, walk through this together today. And so just a couple things. Um, we will not be having in-person service till November 1st. And so all through October, there will be no in-person services. As y'all know, we are doing this online here. And so thank you for bearing with us. I know that uh, is uh, not fun. We'd rather be corporately together in person. Absolutely, me too. I would too, but um, we've got to be careful. And and we had a little bit of a spike here uh, with eight cases in our immediate community that normally attend our services. And so we wanted to make sure we... Um, just was, played it safe, spent a couple of weeks um, as families worshiping together still, but uh, doing it in a unique way. And so that's what we're doing here today is still worshiping, but in a unique way. And so thank you for doing that. Before we really get going with the message and the service this morning, I wanted to just remind you that um, those women that went to Women of Joy, I don't want us to lose that because there was a lot of excitement that... Um, was going toward that. And when they were there, it kind of climaxed. But because of um, the coronavirus and everything, as soon as we got back, uh, that kind of seems like it's taken a back seat. But I do not want that to take a back seat. I want God to be glorified in what he did over that weekend with those ladies. And so something that the ladies have done is they um, have wrote or made a video of themselves um, saying something that God showed them in that time. And so The first one I wanted to read was from Casey Pierce, and here's what Casey said about her time there in that uh, that San Antonio trip. And so she said, I was so blessed by the trip to San Antonio and the joy of truly getting to fellowship with our sweet ladies. I really love getting a chance to worship and see the Lord work through music. Charles Billingsley was amazing and the amount of emotion and dedication from Big Daddy Weave was some of the best I've ever heard. I enjoyed hearing all of our amazing speakers. My favorite was definitely Crystal Evans Hurst and her talk on trees as obstacles in every part of our lives. And Angela Farr, I came away seeking God in all aspects of my life and I can feel him rejoicing saying she came. Praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. That was Casey Pierce. what she I felt like the Lord did a... I got a video here from Tana, and so uh, I'm going to let you all watch uh, the video from Tana Allen and let uh, her speak for herself what um, God did over the weekend with her. And so here you go.
1: As I'm not real good at this, but I'm here today to tell you what Women of Joy meant to me. So I'm sure most of y'all know that about half of the group that went to San Antonio tested positive for COVID. The other half were still hanging in there just, Lord, don't let us have the COVID. Women of Joy taught me that even though Satan came in and tried to strike our group down, he will not win. As women, we will rise up against Satan, and we will overcome this is not a test, just a testimony, and yes, things may be hard, and yes, we are praying for healing for our sisters and their family, but we will rise up as women, and we will overcome, and that's what Women of Joy meant to me. It meant a time of praise and worship, and just giving Jesus all of my love, and worshiping with my sisters and having fun with them and getting to know them better. And that's what women of joy meant to me. Bye y'all.
0: Miss you. Oh, I just love Tana. I love her excitement and, and uh, uh, realness. She's just the Lord worked and we're going to rise up. Praise the Lord. And so thank you, uh, Tana. And, and I'm just so thankful for what God did in that. Another one I wanted to uh, read to you was Sharla. Charlotte Jenkins, this is what she said. She said, here's my two cents on women of joy. Our theme for women of joy this year was rise up. This theme was decided upon long before COVID and the challenges of 2020. How appropriate that God knew we ladies would need to rise up and stand firm, believing his promises and trusting him even when we are unsure of the future. We know he is good and gracious and he is always with us even when we don't see it. We need to rise up and touch our families and communities with the message of love and hope. Now more than ever, those we love need Christ. Our communities and our nation need Christ. May God use us during this time. Absolutely, amen, Ms. Sharla. Praise God for how he spoke that to you. I think uh, that's the message today too, a message of hope. Just like you said, we need a message of love and hope. And so I pray we all hear that today. One more from Trista, McMahon, I want to read that to you. So here's what Trista said. She said, I learned and was reminded of so many great things at the Women of Joy conference. The speakers were absolutely phenomenal. And God spoke to me through each speaker. And I learned that instead of asking God to see me through these tough times, to ask God what he wants me to see and learn through these tough times, I also learned to continue to pray, even though you can't see or feel God. He is always working, always. But God spoke to me most during our praise and worship. God has always spoken to me during praise and worship. It was during worship that I felt led to become a worship leader. But when I finally conjured up enough courage to get up on the stage, something happened. Something changed from the pew to the stage. I started worrying about who was watching me or if anyone was liking our songs or why aren't they singing or why aren't they clapping or, or are they not moved and, and so on. And, and so I started performing and I stopped worshiping. There were many times that I felt the presence of God throughout the weekend, but it was during one of the songs that I felt him speaking to me. I was able to focus solely on God and truly worship him. With tears streaming down my face, not caring who is watching or what I looked like, I worshiped God for the first time in a very long time. And in that moment, I remembered all that God has done for me, the answered prayers, the gifts, my forgiven sins, and my salvation. I remembered what it costs for Jesus to do those things for me, and it postured me. It postured me to worship the entire weekend. I heard God telling me, yes, my daughter, this is what you were made for, worship. You are not up there to entertain, but to worship. He opened my eyes that day. Every fear and every doubt left me. Since then, I have fought every negative thought with praise and worship. And let me tell you, it's powerful. Worship demolishes strongholds. So I challenge all of you to do the same. Prepare your hearts before we sing and worship God. Think about all that Jesus has done for you. Put yourself in a place of worship. Get everything else out of your head. Close your eyes, raise your hands, come to the altar. It doesn't matter as long as you are in commune with our always faithful and always good Father. I can't wait to worship with my church family again. So that was from Tristan, man, and I just love um, what the Lord showed her, just uh, the fact that that we are not ever um, doing anything for anyone else except for this idea of glorifying God and pointing others to glorify and worship and exalt um, Jesus Christ, and so Praise the Lord. I thank you, uh, Trista, for sharing that. And I pray that's an encouragement and even a challenge for all of us as we're about to worship the Lord together in song, that we would do that very thing, that we would um, posture ourselves in that place of worship and that God would move us to such a place. And so I'm excited about singing with y'all and worshiping the Lord through His song, but also his word as we open up his word and we worship in that way too. One more lady uh, wants to speak and that is my wife. And so she's got a video here as well. She's just going to share a few things God showed her and then we'll immediately uh, get into today's message and continue to worship the Lord.
2: Women of Joy this year for me was a lot of beautiful reminders of the Lord's faithfulness in my life. Um. in this past year. The last two years that I went with Friendship Ladies, I was just in a place where I was really struggling. And this year I just felt, I just felt the Lord's presence of reminding me of those places I was in, but showing me how he's brought me out of it. I remember I kept being reminded this weekend that last year after Women of Joy, I came home and quickly after that I quit my job. And I became full time with Jerry at the church and just how the Lord's blessed that the Lord has been so, so faithful, so faithful in my life. And this weekend, as we talked about women rising up. And just being the women that, that God desires us to be and how that really starts with that relationship that we have with Him. All weekend long, I was just like, okay, God, show me what you want me to learn. Show me, show me what you want me to know. But it wasn't till the end of the weekend that I really started to understand what I was experiencing, I really feel like was true contentment. And I've never felt that in my entire life. I feel like I've always been worried about something. And so it doesn't really surprise me that in a moment that I feel like I'm feeling true contentment and that that weekend, I come home and I'm one of the ladies that, that gets COVID. <laughs> He's trying, the enemy tries so hard to bring us down when we're in such a high with the Lord. And so I just pray that Everything that I just feel like the Lord revealed to me with his faithfulness in my life and and in the ladies' lives that that has went on this trip this weekend, I just pray that we overcome that right now. So I just want to lead us in prayer as we get started this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for all the ladies that have went on this women of joy trip lord i know it's been almost well now almost two weeks since since we were actually at women of joy and just god i pray that you do not let the enemy win this we know what we felt the movement that we felt from you that weekend lord and i pray that you just continue to build it up in our lives and help us just to live it out right now even in the midst with some of us in quarantine god help us not to go crazy but to rely on you god we love you so much and i can't wait to get back into the church building to worship with our church family in jesus name i pray amen love y'all bye global death toll could reach
3: we feel it all around us Every day, it seems like the world wakes up to a new reality. A global pandemic, financial uncertainty, social pain and unrest. Our securities have been shaken. Our questions have gotten bigger. How do we live in a world that is increasingly gripped by fear? One thing is clear, the world needs change. But more importantly, the world needs hope. This is not the first time we've needed the light of Jesus Christ To pierce through the darkness. Here's the good news. The gospel of Jesus is still true. His message is still powerful, and the world needs this message more than ever. The Bible says in Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That
0: video is absolutely right. We're living in a world that is desperate for hope. You know, if you turn on the news, it's almost like this dark black vacuum that just um, sucks you into a desperate hopelessness, a desperate hopeless despair. I mean, really, our world is struggling. Our nation is seeing more struggle and tough days and uncertainty than, than uh, we've seen in a long time. If you really think and pause about it, it's affecting our community right here, right now. We have many people who are unemployed without jobs that are struggling. We have folks that are watching this online or even listening on landlines on their phones that literally haven't been out of the house hardly any since March. I couldn't imagine uh, that and and, and the difficulty of that. I mean, just in the last uh, two weeks, having to be quarantined and not leave uh, our house for the last two weeks has been almost uh, unbearable, it seems, and people's been doing that since March. Here we are again meeting online right now uh, because uh, of everything going on, because of this year, because of coronavirus. And so as all that's happening, it's easy to let all that fall on you and be tempted to say it just seems hopeless. However, I want to encourage you this morning to not lose heart. Let's not lose heart. The video said this morning that this is not the first time that we needed Jesus to break through the darkness. And the good news is, is that the message is still true. That Jesus's message is still true. The gospel is still true. This thing we've been preaching forever, (laughs) the gospel, the good news of Christ is true. This series, the gospel in motion, points to, to this gospel message over and over again. It is true. It is powerful. It is needed today. And it's a message of hope. And so just to start us off before we even continue in worship, I wanted to read Romans 15 to you. Romans 15, just the first 13 verses and just um show you what it says here. It says in, in chapter 15, it kind of starts off with where we left off Um, last week in in service and so with bearing one another's burdens and how we ended last uh, week and so listen to this it says in chapter 15 of Romans in fact get your Bibles open it up just because you're at home doesn't mean you don't have to open your Bibles up let's open them up let's meet God face to face let's get into his word Romans chapter 15 verse 1 if you're there say amen or type amen on your on your screen let's make sure uh, uh, we're engaged with the living God this morning and so here's what it says Romans 15, now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us must please his neighbor for his good to build him up, to encourage and strengthen and and, and, and exhort them. In verse 2 it says, each one of us must please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even the Messiah did not please himself. Jesus didn't please himself coming. It says that on the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written, listen to this in verse four, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. That We may have hope it says in verse five, now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement allow you to live in harmony with one another according to the command of Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and father of the Lord Jesus Christ with a united mind and voice. Therefore, accept one another, just as the Messiah also accepted you, to the glory of God. For I say that the Messiah became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth, to confirm the promises to the fathers, and so that Gentiles may glorify God for His mercy, as it is written. And listen to what was written in the Old Testament. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing psalms to your name. Again, it says, "Rejoice, you Gentiles, with with His." People and it says again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and, and the people should praise him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and you as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit that's a very thing that was quoted there in the video that we might have Hope, Church, we have an obligation to one another to build one another up, and we do that by God's word. It says that, in fact, this word was written so that we may have hope through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures. That This scripture here, it is something filled with hope and encouragement for you. And so today, as we might be struggling, as we don't know what um, is really a coming about, and as, as everything just seems to, to come back to this place of, of, of uncertainty, I want to give you something that is Certain that this word of God is filled with hope and it has a message of hope for you today. And so, God's word encourages us. We use that to do that um, with one another, build one another up, not just for you, but to build one another up. And through it, He unites us so that we may glorify Him with one voice and one mind one voice and one mind. May that be what is happening right now. as we are coming around every screen um, in the house, whether that's uh, the living room TV, your cell phone through an Xbox or whatever it might be, as we are gathering around together, um, although separated, we are united in the Holy Spirit for one purpose, that in that unity of mind and voice, we would glorify the Lord. And so I pray that is what is happening. And then we see how we are to um, glorify him with that mind and that voice. It says over and over again, it says, as it was written, it says, praise him, praise him. Hey, praise him. Our hope is in him. Let's sing psalms to his name. In fact, let's do that right now. Let's just take some time and let's sing to the Lord. Let's praise him and worship him. And so this song that we're about to sing is called, you never let go saying God never lets go of us. And there's some lyrics in there that I wanted to point out before we sing it. It says, I can see the light that is coming to the heart that holds on. There'll be an end to these troubles, but until that time comes, still I will praise you. I still will praise you. Will you sing that with me? Will you sing and praise God, even in the midst of the troubles, whatever's going on, that we would lift up the Lord and praise him. So let's do that right now.
4: Oh, mm-hmm. God, I just uh, pray for the ones that are sick, Lord. I just lift them up to you. And brother Jerry, in his message today, God, I just pray that uh, you touch him with anointing of the Holy Spirit, God. Let it speak through him. Lord, just uh, be with us as we go through the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Praise God, he never lets go. I'm so thankful that hope that we have is in him that all the hope is in him and no matter what happens no matter what we face no matter what each day brings his mercy is new every morning and we are given a solid beautiful glorious hope and so let's continue to worship him this morning Jesus is beautiful, it's powerful, and it's wonderful because it is a name of hope. You know, just by speaking in the name of Jesus, it kind of brings hope to a situation. It does for me. When I'm in a, a situation where I'm struggling, I simply, when I slow down and pause and remind myself who Jesus is, that he is sovereign and he's a Lord of my life and he loves me and he desires and pursues a relationship with me, when I understand who he is, all of a sudden that situation that might have seemed dark and even hopeless is now filled with hope and filled with the glorious promise of, of his presence in the midst of it. And so I'm so thankful thankful that we can sing of that glorious name, Jesus. And my prayer is the same prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. In chapter one of Ephesians, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It says that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The very first point for today's message this morning is that God from the beginning has been calling us into this hope. That from the beginning he's been calling us into hope. What a blessing that is. This is the case from the start of all history. You see, back in the very beginning, it's the way that God intended it When with creation. Everything was beautiful. He walked with man, and, and it was freely and open with Adam and Eve. It was a blessing. It was intimate. And we know that after that... Um, the fall comes and rebellion comes and and so sin enters the world separation comes between god and humans and that brokenness is what we feel today the brokenness the hopelessness that we feel the things in which we struggle with that comes from this fall this rebellion against god the lies the pains the illness the sicknesses the tears and the death it all is part of this fall But I want you to know something in the midst of that picture, that's where we are today after the rebellion. That's the state of the world apart from Christ. But I want you to realize that ever since then, God has been working and not even since then, but before then, he has been working toward restoration and healing and wholeness for us and all that he has made. He's been working toward redemption. This is the overall story of the entire Bible that throughout it, we can see God making a way and reminding his people of a hope in which he is still at work. You see we saw that with God's covenant with Abraham. He says all people's on the earth will be blessed through you. He says that in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15. We see that when he encounters Jacob at Bethel and God kind of renews and reminds them of this covenant reinforces this hope rooted in his faithfulness. He says, "I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you." He says, "I'm going to get done what I've promised. I'm with you and I'm not going anywhere." He says in Genesis 28:15. But much time passed after that, as we realize, as you go through scriptures, much time had passed, years, generations, centuries. And you know, us humans, we're impatient. We, we cry out, Lord, how long? In fact, that's the very cry of many Psalms. If you go and read the Psalms, how long, oh God, was the cry of the ancient people? I mean, literally from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to David to Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and every other prophet, there was this repeating history of, of a, a time of devotion to the Lord and then a time of neglecting that and neglecting God. And there's a time of prosperity and then a time of recession, a, a time of feast and a time of famine. And pleasure and pain. You see this over and over again. It's almost as if we're not any different, right? People have always been people and we've always kind of walked through this time of of seeking the Lord, not seeking him. And we struggle with that at times. I think uh, they're just like us. When things are good, it's easy for us to forget who God is. And when things are bad, that's when we try to cry out to him and, and ask for his help. But through it all, there was a deep and ongoing longing for God to fulfill this covenant promise all throughout this time, that there's a longing for God to fulfill this promise. This promise ultimately that a Christ would come, that a Messiah would come, that Jesus would come. And so this wasn't just a happy idea or a thought that the Israelites that the Jewish people had in their minds, their consciousness, their their culture. It wasn't just part of that. It was a deep hope. That's what I want us to understand. This was a hope in which was deep, their deepest hope. It sustained them. It encouraged them. It, it spurred them on, especially through these thousands of years of waiting. They They put everything into this hope of who God was and what he was going to do. And so in the midst of that long journey, we see the prophets write about that. In fact, Isaiah wrote a lot and taught a lot uh, and, and played a prominent role in Israel really during that time. He was kind of well known, but not always popular. No, you know, He was one of the guys that would say things that uh, wasn't appreciated, especially when he was talking to the kings or the general public about things they didn't want to hear. So through Isaiah, God gave Israel and, and really us many prophecies and promises about this Messiah that he would send. And in that way, Isaiah was kind of a voice of hope, of course, channeling God's hope of a Messiah that would come. And so Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus, but he gave us beautiful words that ring with hope for the coming Messiah. And I wanted to read some of those words. Isaiah 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, it, he says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And then you see in Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the lands, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations. By the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Praise the Lord. A little later in the same chapter, Isaiah writes in verse six, he says, chapter nine, verse six, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace of the, of all the uh, greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time and forever. This zeal, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so I just want to ask you, can you really imagine uh, (laughs) seeing that in in the ancient world, a time of of this um, message uh, coming before there was ever a digital age or or uh, 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 a way to get the message out. There's just this man named Isaiah, and he's just screaming and speaking of this message of hope of, of a uh, wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace, a Emmanuel, a God that comes with us, all of this that is promised. I mean, could you imagine that for a moment? The hope that would come into the hearts of the people listening. At least you would think so, um, but but they struggled with it. They would go back and forth, but uh, ultimately today we are in this place of still hearing these words uh, that fill us with much hope. Did Isaiah really know what he was talking about, all of that that entailed? On some level, probably yes, but on others, probably not. He, he sure didn't know the timeline in which all this would happen, but Isaiah was filled with hope and God's promise um, field his promises fueled at uh, him and his people to continue to hope for years and centuries and really for us it's a hope that that we still have for for millennium later Uh, of of still hoping in Christ, that he is our living hope, that it's the anchor that holds. And so um, what a blessing that that is who he is. And that's really the next point that I want to get to is, is while that hope had been promised all through time, there's a time that that hope did come. We can't just save that message for Christmas. Like the fact that Jesus came is so awesome. And the fact that he came to be with us, the fact that he came to bring hope itself, what a blessing that that is, we can't just uh, uh kind of skim over that like god is hope and hope itself came we see that in luke chapter one where where zacharias is just kind of having a zachariah i mean is just having a normal day he's a priest and he's doing his priestly duties and and next thing we know an angel shows up right an angel tells him he's going to have a son and and the son in fact is going to uh, go before the lord and the spirit of, and the power of elijah is what the scripture says it says it'll turn hearts of of the parents their are children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So Zechariah is told that he will have a son that will turn people to the Lord, to the coming of Jesus. What a blessing. Now, this was great news for, for, uh, for, for Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth. I mean, this was news that they were going to have a baby, but more so than that, this is great news for every one of us. This is great news to all that that the hope of of God is is being fulfilled, that people are going to see Jesus, the Son of God, come, and the fact that uh, uh, that he would come to forgive us. And 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 we know from hindsight what all that entails. Of course, there was the suffering servant song in some different scriptures that pointed to the suffering of Christ and to, to his uh, uh, being hung on a cross to forgive us of our sins. But we've seen all that. We've literally walked through it in scripture, have eyewitness accounts of it. And so even more hope is given to us in understanding the coming of Christ and what the fulfilling of that was all about, that we would be able to commune with God, to have a relationship with God. This is a great blessing, church. And so hope in Israel was alive again when when we found out that Jesus was coming, when they found out Jesus was coming. And so maybe you're thinking, well, that's nice and all for them, uh, but what about us? They're, they're not fighting this fight of the coronavirus. They're not fighting the, the, the job layoffs and, and the, the spouses walking out. They're not fighting all of the different things that may be occurring right now. They, 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 this is something different that we face. This is 2,000 years later, and so, so what, what does this have to do with us? Well, I want to just share with you. Please listen to me. No matter what kind of problems, struggles, anything that we're facing right now, no matter the darkness that, or the pain that we we are in right now, I want to encourage you not to abandon hope. Not to abandon hope. Remember, hope is a person. Hope is Christ. Don't abandon Christ because hope is alive. And even in our deepest pain and most hopeless circumstances that we might feel, hope is alive because Jesus is alive. He is our hope. In fact, 1 Peter says, Blessed be the God, a father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise the Lord, our living hope through the resurrection of Christ because of Christ. We can have hope because of his love and his mercy. We can have hope because of his presence. We can have hope because of his faithfulness. We can have hope because of his word. We can have hope because of who he is. You, my friend, you, my brother and my sister, we can have hope. If you're listening and you don't know Christ, you can have hope today. Oh, I was listening to uh, uh, Mark tell me a story. He called me this week and he said, I, I I was talking to the bank and I had to call him on the phone. And I, I think I got someone from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But when I was talking to her on the phone from Capital One, she was sharing about uh, how she's been watching and keeping up with our church on on Facebook. And so what an exciting thing. Mark was so excited because someone he was talking to in the DFW area knew about our little church in Blackfoot, Texas and was, was uh, worshiping with us and enjoying who Christ is with us. and and exalting Christ with us. What an exciting thing that is. And so I want you to understand that wherever you are, whoever you are, doing whatever you're doing and have done whatever you have done, Christ is real and he wants to give you a hope today. That is my message this morning, that he is a God of hope and he wants to instill it inside of you, our living hope. So let me just walk through a couple of these things as we're kind of wrapping this up the third thing, the third point, really the first um, thing I want to break down here is, is what is our hope based on? How can we experience this living hope? How, how do we get to live and walk in this hope? And, and I think there's several different ways. There's three different ways I want to walk through that with you. And the first way is, is that to realize our hope is based on God's word. The, the first is that our hope is based on God's Word, this hope has been written and recorded for us, literally, word for word. We have a hope that has been given to us. And I hope you've experienced this as you open up God's word that he just fills you with hope. There's times in my life in which I am so overwhelmed and I'm struggling and I have no clue what to do in situations. And I open up God's word and although it's not an audible voice or although it's not just this exact thing that answers a question I have, it's just like this overwhelming hope just fills my soul. And it's because of the presence of Christ being reminded that he's in me and and I in him and I abide in him and that, that beautiful promise is restored when I hear here is words that's been recorded and written for me. And so we must understand that these promises that God has given us, give us hope. Both long ago and still today, they give us hope. They are a piece of him. The word became flesh. The word is alive. God's word gives hope. They are reminders that can penetrate our hearts and our spirit and assure us that no matter what we're facing, no matter how tomorrow looks, no matter how bad the pain, God will never leave us nor forsake us. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. As Paul tells us, nothing so consider these words from Psalm 139 as, as you think about this idea that nothing can separate us from God, that literally he will never leave us. Listen to Psalms 139 verse 7. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the morning and if I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say surely the darkness will fall on me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night shall shine like a day, for the darkness is as light to you. Psalms 139, 7 through 12. I just love that passage because it gives me hope of knowing that wherever I am, whatever it looks like, he is there. Praise the Lord. I hope you feel the hope in these words that you are not alone, that he will always be with us. Nothing, nothing can take that away. Scripture is filled with the story of hope that promises to rekindle a supernatural hope within us. So God's word is something that our hope is based on. Another thing our hope is based on, the second thing this morning is our hope is based on God's character. The second way we can rekindle this hope is to put our focus on God's character, to literally focus on who he is. And so on on the promises that he's made, but more so than that, the, the promiser that he is. And so, you know, there's a small story in the book of Mark that, that um, I want to kind of draw back to. In Mark chapter 5, uh, there's a story of, of great hope, really. It's a woman who, uh, we don't even know her name, but she has a bold hope. She's been struggling with with this bleeding issue for 12 years, and, and no one's been able to help her. Doctors probably have tried, but but the woman's condition has grown worse, and she's, she's literally feeling hopeless, I imagine. But this condition uh, uh, wasn't only just a physical thing, but but it was very social too. When when she had this blood issue, she 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 would uh, not be able to relate with other people, or even be able to be uh, uh, gathered with other people. They would have considered her unclean and treated her as an outcast. And so, more so than just health problems, there's a lot of things that. Uh, um, illnesses can can bring about rather than just the physical side effects. That's even true today, I know. And so even uh, people who would try to understand probably couldn't, and and uh, she just didn't uh, have any um, hope really is, is the best way I know to put it. She just felt hopeless. However, there was hope that she had. And it was in a person, it was in a man named Jesus that she heard about. She heard his stories of him and the the miracles and the healings and the parables and all the things in which she heard and she believed him and and a hope awoke inside of her in which she said, I just trust him. I trust him, and she says, "If only I can just touch his clothes." And she she goes up with this bold hope, and she just touches his clothes. And it may seem like a small action to us, but it probably took everything she had to get close enough to Jesus and to reach out. and And she does, and and it makes the world of difference. And 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 was it hard? Probably making her way around and 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 making a way up there. Probably, I'm sure it was. Was she afraid? Absolutely, um, I'm sure she was. But but she touches Jesus, and the big thing is is not really the fact that that uh she she's she's touching him i think the fact more so is, is is that that she believes he is who he is that she believes in the authority of jesus in the power of jesus and so as she touches him and he says who touched me and the disciples uh, 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 said, "What do you mean? Who touched me?" And and uh, they're in the middle of a crowd. It says, and and the uh, woman probably froze up and didn't know whether she should answer or not. But she does, and and Jesus uh, uh, just kind of connects with her deeply, and 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 uh, calls her a daughter, and and uh, we see that he is a god of hope in the situation, and and the healing, the peace, and the freedom he gave uh, changed her life. And it was because she believed he was who he was. This is our God. This is his character. Jesus is worthy. He's powerful and he is almighty. He was and still is a God of hope. He fulfilled Israel's hope for the Messiah when he arrived. He fulfilled humanity's hope for victory over death when he resurrected. And one day he will ultimately fulfill the hope and complete God's work of restoration for all of creation when he returns. Glory, hallelujah, right? This is the promise he left us with to give us hope. He says in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, I am with you always to the very end of the age with you always, a promise worthy to fuel hope. God is God. He is wonderful and powerful and, and gracious and merciful and is filled and really is the epitome in hope itself. And so let's base our hope on the character of who he is. Uh, the third and final thing I want us to base our hope on that we asked to see scripture bases our hope on is, is really God's faithfulness. We can base our hope on on the faithfulness of God. And I just want to ask you, how has God worked in your life? And that's a question that you should ask yourself pretty regularly. How has God been working in your life? What has he done in your life? What have you seen him change in your life? How has he moved and transformed you in your life? And and what are those moments and those memories you have where you experience God's work in your life? You know, uh, those times when you had no doubt that he was there and that he was working. Maybe it's been recently. Maybe it's been a long time ago. But but in those circumstances swirling around you, the presence of God's Spirit was with you. And I want us to be reminded of that. And you say, what does this really have to do with hope? Well, what do these memories have to do with, with your here and now? You might say, well, recognizing God's movement brings hope. Acknowledging God brings hope. Listen to the words found in Jeremiah in Lamentations. It says, in Lamentations 3, some of my favorite verses here, verse 21 through 26, it says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. He says, I call this to mind. He says, this gives me hope. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fell. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him. The one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? He says, this I call to mind and it gives me hope. I call to mind. He says, the fact that his love and his mercy is new every morning, that that he will be with me. Jeremiah understood that there is hope in the future when we remember what God has done in the past recognizing and acknowledging God and what he has done in the past can increase our hope for what he will do in the future. When God opens our eyes to the past, I know what we will see. We will see Jesus. That's been my experience. Every time God has opened my eyes to the past, I really see one thing. I see how God has been at work from the very beginning, from the time I was in my mother's birth, my mother's womb, from the time of birth. I have seen Jesus at work. And so, in fact, I want to to uh, sing a song with y'all, to worship with y'all. But before I do that, and that song is called There Was Jesus, and I want us to think about that as we we play that song and and really think through all those times in which there was Jesus. But before I do that, let me just kind of walk through an idea of of what this looks like for us. with What's going on? We are living in a time that is is, uh, scary. I'm just going to say it outright that it is scary. Absolutely it is. There's things going on that uh, that people that are 80, 90 years old said they've never would have dreamed of in, in all of their life. And there's things going on in our nation right now. We're we, we are just uh, weeks away from an election that is so important. Um, we see uh, uh, situations in, in the politics that that uh, we must seek uh, the face of God in and ask for his mercy in our country. We see um, literally uh, social distress and things happening around us, our community, all of that is happening. But I want us to be reminded of something, that in the midst of all of it, there is hope and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And if you are in Christ this morning, if you know Christ and you're a believer and you're a child of God, I'm telling you this morning to let your hope be refueled, to know that there is a present hope, just simply the fact that Christ uh, literally dwells inside you through the Holy Spirit is something that should make us so hopeful because literally the presence of God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us, right? And so this beautiful picture of hope is so present today. And I pray that today you've been reminded of that. And if you've been a little discouraged or a little um, um, down or, or depressed or anxious, that maybe God through his word this morning would remind you that you are to be filled with hope. Just like he says in Romans 15, he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. May we be filled with joy and peace and overflow with the hope that is in the power of, of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. But I want to also say, if you are not in Christ, or if you have not uh, received Christ, and you've realized today that, that you, you don't revere Christ, Today's the day to to see him, to receive him, to revere him and to say, Lord Jesus, no wonder my life feels so hopeless. Because it is absent from you. I, I am not focused on you. I, I haven't seen and been revealed this, this beautiful picture of who you are until this morning through your word. And now I, I see you and I hear you and I, I want to be with you and in you. And so, so I cry out, Lord, that, that, that I might see this hope by being in you, Christ. Lord, would you save me from my sin? Forgive me for my sin. Lord, commune with me. Have a relationship with me. And may I be in you. And you transform my life from the innermost parts that are so dark at times. Lord, you know my heart. You know the areas that I close off. Lord, would you take them and open them up to the hope of Christ to you, Lord? Would that be something you do today? And so as we sing this song, there was Jesus. I pray that it would be a time of response. And so I'm going to pray for us as we close up this time and that you might respond in this. You can text me, 903-752-7138. Text me, call me, uh, message on here on Facebook or even YouTube, and we'll get back to you and, and, and pray with you and see that God, the God of hope may comfort you and encourage you today. So would you just pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful for the God that you are, Lord. Lord, I praise you this morning, Father, for a message of hope, Lord, Lord, that you are alive, you reign, and you are still in control, Lord. And we yield to that, we, we, we surrender to that, Lord. Lord, may you be glorified in us recognizing, acknowledging that you are, are a God of hope, Lord. And may we spread that hope, Lord to this community and the nations lord that we might share that you are a god of hope that this world is not in a hopeless situation because we have a god that has pursued us and has given us a gospel message to to restore us back into to the world that he created lord that's your world would you help us share that message lord would you help us live it lord in the fact that we might recognize the true hope that we have in you lord that we have been born again into a living hope god May we experience this living hope this morning, Lord. Help us respond, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you for how you've always been there. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Every time I try to make
4: it on my own Every time I try to stand, and hard to fall. And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on, I was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment where I've been, Couldn't see it.
3: There
4: was Jesus. For oh, this man, in needs a amazing kind of grace. For oh, forgiveness, sad price I couldn't pay. Well, I'm not perfect. Purpose- blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it. There was Jesus on the mountains, in the valleys. There was Jesus in the shadows of the alleys. The fire